0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. There's a lot of people that God has reached here. And tell the person next to you, that's our mission. Amen. We're going to be showing these videos all uh, month and I chose that one today because he didn't know when he was giving his testimony it was going to be such a good lead in for this message. And I want to talk about the mission has not changed. How many know the mission has not changed? It is the same mission that we have had for two thousand years, and we've got to keep it going. How many had somebody tell you about Jesus this morning? Let me see your hand. You had somebody witness to you. You had someone invite you to church. You had someone tell you about the Lord. How many know we have to keep that going? Our job is to, is to not drop the torch, not drop the baton that's being passed on to the next generation. And so the mission has never changed. No matter what is going on in the world and in war and rumors of war and unrest and, as I preached Wednesday, uncertainty, the mission of Jesus Christ is the same, and it has not changed. Amen? How many work for a business, have your own business, work for a company that knows what a mission statement is? Let me know they're important. Uh, Every business that's successful has one, and basically this is what it says a mission statement is, a single sentence that describes a company's fundamental purpose for existing. And so we have a mission statement in our church, and it's on this wall, and it might be one of the shortest ones there are, reach, teach, send. That's our church's mission statement. And that should be every church's mission statement because that's what Jesus told us to do in the Gospels. If you go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said, and he came and spoke to him and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. How many know we serve a God who's in control this morning? Amen. Amen. And then he goes on to say, Go. Go, therefore. Not right now. Wait till the service is over. Amen. Don't get up and go now. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So we see the reach and go. We say, make disciples in the teach. And the third part of that is planting churches and multiplying our churches. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them, there's the teach, to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Lord, this morning, for just a few minutes, anoint your word anoint this place, anoint our ears to hear. God, we came this morning to be challenged and equipped to be your church and to understand that the mission has not changed, God. We are to go and preach your gospel to this world. Let fruit come from this, Father. Touch everyone here watching online. Touch everyone listening on the podcast, God. Just speak a word to us that will change us, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give a, we forgot to give a welcome to any guests we have this morning. Amen. We're glad that you're here. Amen. It's good to have Andy Hopper and his wife with us. I'm sorry I forgot, I'm bad with names, so I apologize. What is it? Amanda? Amen. And uh, tell the person next to you, you're welcome here. Amen. We're glad you're here. How many know God's got people moving all around the world doing what they're supposed to do? How many want to do what you're supposed to do today? We have a mission. Amen. How many accept it? All right, well, maybe you won't accept it by the time we're done, but I believe you will. Amen? So, we're, we're, we're fulfilling the vision today, and I just was thinking how important it is to understand that we can get caught up in a lot of things that are going around the world and stop doing what we're supposed to do. Amen? How many know a company is supposed to do, well, if Chick-fil-A sells chicken sandwiches, they should sell chicken sandwiches, and, and that's what they do. Whatever you're supposed to do, you're supposed to do it. I can see the church getting too caught up in in too much of the worry and the this and the that and not doing what we're supposed to do. There are people outside these four walls that just like you needed to hear the gospel, need to hear the gospel. They need to know that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is real, that Jesus still saves and heals and delivers. Amen? And so our mission statement is right there. And as David said at the altar or at the offering, sorry, as we were taking up that offering today, that's the perfect picture of, of uh, what this Reach, Teach, Send is. Carl and I, 20 years ago, started that church, not knowing that later on down the road, 20 years later, there would be a church in Nicaragua. And then leaving that church to Pastor Mario and De Anza, they grabbed the torch. They passed it on to Pastor Carlos and Gloria. But before they did that, Pastor Javier came in. And you didn't see him in that video, but he was very similar to David Quintanilla, a drug addict lost on the streets of Costa Rica, came in and got saved and transformed, kind of like Jesse Salazar up in Gainesville, and, and, and now is pastoring that church in Nicaragua. And you saw there that meeting in the beginning of the picture was in the house. And we have been able to, to get land there in Nicaragua Just like we have here, and now we are just about to start building something over there. They've been having to meet on the dirt. They've been having to meet with lots of torrential rains, having to meet in the house, doing all kinds of things. But that's the vision, amen, is we're trying to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ so that everybody can know what we know. It's not supposed to be held for us. How many believe that? And just because we've kept this vision in the last few years, we've been able to start close to 10 churches for anybody that's visiting or a guest and doesn't know, we, we started a church a few years, about four years ago in, in Arusha, Tanzania. It's doing very well this morning. We started a church in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica two years ago. Another one. We now have three churches there. We started the church in Nicaragua. We started the church last year in South Dallas where Pastor Mario is preaching this morning. And we started a church in Gainesville just a, just a month or two ago. We started a church in Fort Worth. We have a church about to start very soon with Pastor Dwayne and Myra in Wichita Falls. We have a church that's starting right now in Amarillo, Texas. where God is, God is fulfilling His vision. You know why? Because we've understood that the mission has not changed. No matter what's going on in our culture and our climate, the mission has not changed. We've got to preach the gospel. That's why Jesus came and died. Amen? It's all about that. Now look at John chapter 1, verse 6. How many know that it's good to put yourself in the Bible when you read it? It's the best way to understand it. And then when you're reading the Bible, I woke up this morning early to pray and read, and I was reading Psalms 91 again that I preached on on Wednesday, and I was putting myself in that psalm. I was... Saying that you you will protect me, Lord, and and, and I will abide in the shadow of you, Lord Almighty. And so you make it personal. When you read the word out loud, it's powerful. Amen. The devil hates it. You want to make the devil mad? Read the word of God out loud and put yourself in it. So here we see in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 6, we're gonna see John the Baptist. And it said, There was, and I want you to put yourself here. I don't I don't want you to look at what John the Baptist did admire it, but I want you to put yourself in this story. And it says, there was a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. So I'm going to say, there was a man sent from God, and his name was Blake. You put your name there, and then you put if you're male or female, okay? You know what you are. Amen? You're not a man if you're a woman, right? So you say, there was a woman sent from God, and her name was Carla. Right? So you do that, you put yourself in there, and say, now, this John did it, Now I got to do it. It says this came, this man, John, this man, Blake, this man or woman, you, came for a witness. Do you realize that that's really the only reason we came to this earth was to be a witness? How many realize that this morning? God made us to glorify him, but we can't glorify him if we don't know him. And so people have to know who Jesus is. And how many know there's a lot of people that don't know who Jesus is? They may know about Jesus, they may know the name, but they don't know who Jesus is. There may be some people here this morning that you know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Jesus wants you to know him this morning. It's not about knowing the name, it's about knowing him personally, having a personal relationship. And so it says he came to be a witness to bear witness of the light, capital L. That light is Jesus. And all that all through that all through him John the Baptist might believe. Can you, can you believe this morning that the God of this universe has chosen to use you as a vessel? Does that blow anybody else away? Does that make anybody else humble this morning? Does that, does that make anybody else want to live right this morning? To think that God wants to speak through you and, and you, you be an oracle of a vessel of God to tell somebody about what Jesus did on the cross for their lives? Isn't that a miracle? We are that light. And he says, he was not that light, Jesus was the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. Now you can't bear witness of somebody you don't know. You have to get to know the light. You have to get to know who Jesus is. How many have ever sold a product before, ever been in sales? How many know you're not going to be a successful salesman if you don't believe in the product you're selling? If you have a job today, I'm going to tell you something, and you don't believe in the product you're selling, you need to get another job. Because you're never going to be successful. You need to believe in the product. The problem is, today in the church, a lot of believers don't know the product. They don't know Jesus, and so they don't make him known. And that is our job this morning. We are to witness. We are to be a light. We are to bear witness that he was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, watch this. Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. How many know that's sad? He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But watch this. But as many as received him. How many have received him this morning? Raise your hand if you're not ashamed that you have received him. Now, this is pretty amazing. He gave them the right to become children of God. Does that make anybody happy this morning? You may not have had a great parents, great father, great mother, great home situation. Don't relate that to the fact that God is your father and you are his child if you have received his son. Amen? That's a great blessing. But there's, there's only two types of people in the world, those that receive Jesus and those that reject Jesus. That's it. The, 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 the Bible's very black and white in a lot of things. People try to make it difficult. You either accept, receive Jesus, or you reject Jesus. And at the end of the days, we'll all stand before Jesus. Now, th- let me just give you a spoiler alert. You're all going to receive him at one point. You have a choice to receive him now while you're alive or to receive him later when you're standing before him. In judgment, you want to do the first one. Amen. Because the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It will be on the day of judgment and it will be more of a wow Jesus is Lord. Instead of today Jesus is my Lord. Amen. So we receive or we reject him. And it says he's given us the right to be chosen of God, but the key is to those who what? To those who go to church To those who what? Are you a believer this morning? We can can use the word Christian. That's not even used a whole lot in the Bible. The real definition of who we are is we're believers. We're believers in Jesus Christ, amen? And because we believe in Him, we we have come into the light, and it says, We were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we were born the first time out of flesh. We were born, the Bible says, out of water. We were born from our mother's womb physically. And the man came to Jesus and he said, How can I have eternal life? And he said to Nicodemus, You must be born again. How many have been born again in here this morning? Amen. I'm taking you through the basic 101s of gospel. Amen. Because the mission hasn't changed. There's a whole bunch of neighbors, a whole bunch of friends, a whole bunch of coworkers, even some enemies that you have that need to know Jesus. I want my enemies to know Jesus. You know, right now, while all this is going on, you should be praying for those people over there. Not just talking about how bad it is or how wicked it is or which side's wrong, which side's right. How about saying, Lord, reveal your son to these men and these women in these other countries so they can know that you're the son of God, that you're the king of kings, that you're salvation, that you're hope. Have you prayed for them? I know I have. I've been praying more than ever for them. Not just for Israel, but for all those nations that they would know who Jesus is. How do we do this? We have a mission. We've got to tell people, not in our own power. Zechariah says, not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So Jesus says, I'm going to spread my word, and I I still think it's an interesting way to do it. He says, I'm going to reach the world with my gospel through people. I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have trusted you. You wouldn't have trusted me. Amen? Amen? To get the gospel out? He says, The way the world's gonna know the gospel is I'm gonna take these 12 men and I'm gonna train them and I'm gonna disciple them. And then they're gonna go and with their wives and their families, they're gonna spread the gospel to the whole world. And that happened. Today we have the gospel in Texas. Remember when I preached a couple weeks ago, we're not the apple of God's eye, we're not the center of his attention. We're just over here in the Western culture. We're an afterthought, so to speak. Not, not really because God knows us all, but I'm saying it doesn't revolve around us. And here we are at the ends of the earth. And thank God, because people before us took the mission serious and realized it hadn't changed. Somebody invited us to church. Somebody told us about Jesus. Somebody shared faith with us. And that's why we're sitting here in a church today because somebody fulfilled the mission that has not changed. How many in here this morning are going to say, I'm going to fulfill the mission that has not changed. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. So Jesus tells us how. He says, go. And then he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he says, go, them being assembled together, he says, he commands them. How many know a command is not a, if you'd like? It's not if you want to. this is an interesting thing, and I can't stay here too long today, but we know there's a lot of denominations there's a lot of church names there's a lot of beliefs but it's interesting because there's just one bible and it amazes me how we get so many different thoughts out of one bible jesus said go and do not depart from jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father he, so he's he's telling them i need you to go preach my gospel but i don't need you to do it in your power i'm going to send the holy spirit I'm going away. If I don't go away, then I, can't, then I can't send the Holy Spirit. This is kind of a lead into to a message I'm working on right now. I told you about it. I don't know when I'm going to preach it. Maybe this next week or next week after that, called The Church Has Got to Go. This is why the church has to be raptured, why we have to get off the earth so that the next thing can happen, which is the tribulation. Jesus had to leave the first time so the Holy Spirit could come. That's how he chose. He said, I'm going to spread my gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit on individuals who will, not form, who will not work in their own power, but they'll be anointed by my Holy Spirit to speak the truth and be bold and even die for me. And he says, go wait for this promise. Right? How many see that there? These are Jesus' last words. In Acts 1 here, he's just about to ascend into heaven. And he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you have received the promise, capital P, that's the third part of the Trinity, Holy Spirit, of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 8. Why? Why do we need the power of the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And just to be clear this morning, biblically the Bible tells us, and again, I can't spend too much time on this, it tells us it is an experience beyond salvation. It is experience distinct from salvation. It is something that you'll see here in the words comes upon you. It is something that Jesus noted in the disciples they did not have yet. How many know if you're waiting for something, he says, I want you to go and wait. How many know if you already have it, you're not waiting for it? If my wife is sitting next to me and we're about to leave the house and I'm looking at my watch, and she says, what are you waiting for? And I go, you... That wouldn't sound right, would it? She's already right next to me. We're about to leave. How many husbands wait on your wives sometimes? How many wives wait on your husbands? Whatever it is, if they're already there, you're not waiting. So how many of you can't wait for something you already have? They did not have the Holy Spirit yet. He says, I need you to go wait in the upper room. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And he says, you shall receive what? Somebody shout that word out. Well, that was loud. That was strong. That was weak. I'm not even going to mimic you because that was so bad. You shall receive Power. power when, so it hasn't happened yet, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So they were believers. They knew Jesus. They believed in Jesus. But they had not been filled with the Holy Spirit yet and had that power yet. That's why they went into the upper room for 10 days and waited. And it says, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then Samaria. That's why we've been talking about. That's God's holy land. That's where it started. That's where it's going to finish. Okay? But then he says, and to the end of the earth. Church, we here in Texas, and we're about as far away from Israel as you can get. We're the end of the earth. The gospel got to us. I cannot stress that enough. Are you going to get the gospel to the next person? That's the question. Amen? How many are still here? How how can they believe in something that they haven't heard? We're going to have to start really working, not works to be saved, but works of salvation. We're going to have to start really working and really witnessing to fill this place up with souls. We've been giving out a lot of our people. we got to refill it up. Today's a little bit low, but God's been building this church back up. Have you noticed that? We just keep sending people out, and God just keeps sending people in. But the work's not done because the mission hasn't changed. Just because we've started some churches, we need to start some more. There's people, there's chairs in front of you, behind you, next to you, that's got your name written on it. Thank you for that one very lonely. Amen, Paul. Thank you. That's, that's, you know why you didn't say, "Amen? Because it's a woe is me sometimes. I'm a, how much, can I be hard on you just for a minute? Not condemning, but convicting. I want you to listen to me. I want you to think about something when, know, know the difference between condemnation and conviction. Know the difference between a challenge and someone telling you you're just wrong. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm challenging you. I want want you to ask a question that you don't have to answer out loud, but you need to ask it in your spirit. How many people are in this church because of you? Is there somebody else? Is there at least one person in this church that comes to this church because you shared your faith with them? That's a question we should all answer. That's not a question for the pastor or for the leaders, the serve team, or certain special people on the evangelizing team. There is no evangelizing team. The whole church is supposed to witness. I know you're th- deep in thought, right? That's why you're taking this so strong, okay? We need to get these things out, we need to share our faith. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't have the words. You don't have to speak to hand this out. You just, amen? It's got all the words on it. It's got the sinner's prayer in the back. It's got the address. You can drop these on cars. You can hand to people at a restaurant. Now, these tracks, I'm the pastor of this church, so I choose the tracks. The reason I choose these tracks is because they work. I've been passing these out for 30 years. Listen to me closely. I've never seen one on the ground. Never. What does that mean? It means people read them. And the reason is for one, Jack Chick, who passed away last year, who wrote all these, he, his statement was chick tracks get read. And it's true. I've passed these out to five year olds, I've passed them out to 80 year olds walking the streets of Costa Rica, here in Denton, walking the streets of Africa and passing them out and come back around 15, 20 minutes later and see five-year-olds and 80-year-olds reading this thing. See, it's pictures. Who doesn't like pictures? It's not a lot of words. It's got some scriptures, but it's a story. Church, we need to get these out. The welcome center's full of them. Amen? We've got to get to where we're, we're making it a habit to have these things in our cars, in our purses, in our pockets, passing them out and telling people about. We can't make people believe or receive, but they need to know. Amen. Amen? Amen? And so we have that welcome center that we want people to be able to come into and feel welcome and be able to find tracks and be able to. And by the way, I mentioned this in the first service that's the front of our church over here. This is the front. I'm trying so hard to get somebody in our church to take the initiative to help me make sure people don't come in our back door. Hasn't happened yet. I'll do it myself if I have to, but someone else will have to preach. We need somebody standing out there at the street. Most people come in off Ganser waving our new people that have never been here to the front. Where's the wives at that love your houses? I just want to brag on my wife. There's only one wife in here. Where's the wives at? It's like depends on what you're going to say. I just want to brag on my wife. My wife's an amazing decorator. I love, I, I love walking around my house praying and just seeing all the beautiful things she does in the house. How many have got a, a wife that decorates good? Are you blessed? Wives, back to you. Do you like people coming through your back door? When, when someone comes over to visit, do you like it when they come through the back door? Okay, I'm not a wife, but I love this church, and that's our back door, and I want our guests to come through the front door because I want them to see the front Amen? Can we work on that? Okay, I'm just throwing that in for free. Amen? Somebody will get the initiative to help go out there. Somebody friendly that will wave at people and smile at people and not just stand there and point fingers. Amen? Maybe even talk to them. Hey, we're so glad you're here. Amen? It's getting cold. I'll go out there. Like I said, I just need someone else to do this. Okay? Praise God. How many are still here? Watch what Romans 10 says. How's, how's this going to happen? How are we going to fulfill the mission? It's not, AI's not going to do it, although it would try. Robots won't do it. we got to do it. Tell the person next to you, it's our mission. Amen? Now, it says, for whoever, and I just want to make a statement here. I had someone this week reach out to me that was dealing with someone on Facebook that was trying to tell them, you know, that only certain people are going to be saved and God doesn't deal with everybody. There's no way to change the word whosoever. Whoever means whoever. That means anybody can call on the name of the Lord and they shall be saved. It would have said some people can call the Lord. It says whoever. Whoever's every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every size, every color, it's whoever. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, just like that thief on the cross. But how can they call on him whom they haven't believed in? How can they believe in him whom they haven't heard of? We just assume everybody's heard of Jesus. Don't we? We just assume. Even when you tell somebody, has anybody ever told you about Jesus? They they may say yes, they probably haven't. They probably haven't really heard about who Jesus is. And then it says, how can they hear without a preacher? And all you go, oh yeah, that's your job, pastor. You're the preacher. Wrong. You're preachers too. Tell the other person on the other side of you, you're a preacher. Amen? Do you believe that? We're all preachers. Let Let me show you in the Word that this is the truth. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Now, let me just stop again and thank God for you and for me that we have been grafted in. Jesus came first for his people, the Jewish nation. They rejected him, and thank God Peter had a vision. Rise, kill, and eat. Go preach to the Gentiles. How many Gentiles do I have in here this morning? If you're not raising your hand, you're you're a Jew then. You're either a Gentile or you're a Jew. Amen? We're Gentiles. And because the Jews rejected Jesus, we got the gospel. I'm so thankful that God was faithful enough to come to us. Amen? And to preach the gospel to us. It says, of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Christ. Through the gospel. Now, this is important. Watch what this next part says. Of which I, you, we, back to I, put yourself in the Bible, became a minister. How many ministers do I have in here this morning? Junior, you're a minister. Raise your hand. There you go. How many ministers do I have in here this morning? Keep them up. I'm just waiting for everybody to raise their hand. You're a minister. We're all ministers. We're all, we're all called to preach. There's, there's, no, there's no people that God said, you just get saved and stay quiet. This is the mission of everybody. Can you imagine in, the, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in soldiers, in an army, someone saying, no, I'm not called to, to go out and fight? That's not my job. It's everybody's job. Everybody's job is to witness. And so I always tell you guys, your job that you work for, thank God for it -- is paying you to be a full-time minister at your job. You're a full-time minister for Jesus, and your job pays you to be there. Witness. Well what if I get fired? God will give you a better job. Do you have enough trust to trust God that if you witness at your, we need more people to witness at our jobs? We need more people to be bold at our jobs and have faith to trust God. And you know what? The world sure is bold. With their wickedness and their perversion, they don't have any problem doing what they do. Let's stand up and do what we do. Let's be the light of Jesus Christ in our job, in our workplace, in the school, in the playground, at the gas station, at the store. Let's be ministers according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the affecting working of His power. Amen? To me, put yourself in there again, who am less than all the least of the saints. There's something attractive about humility. Amen? Do you all believe that? You know, the Texas Rangers just won the World Series. Even if you don't care about baseball, it's pretty cool been waiting their entire time, and I, I'm, I am a baseball fan, I'm a sports fan, and so I use sports analogies, and so when you become the pastor, you can use your analogies. But I like sports and I like baseball, and I've watched the Rangers, and I, I like this team that just won. I don't know them all, but I know there's several born-again believers on the team. I know the owners a, is a Christian. And, and I was listening to the main guy, the MVP of the World Series, Corey Seeger, get interviewed. And it was very amazing to listen to him push all the glory off on his other teammates. They were trying to talk about how great he was, and he just pushed it off to other people. Humility is attractive. When you make your life about Jesus, other people are going to be attracted to that. When it's all about you, that's you can get what you can get. But when you make yourself humble and you realize that you are a vessel of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, amen, and he wants to speak through you. He wants to use you to touch somebody's life. Church, I'm telling you, whatever you wanted to do in your life, whether it was sports or politics or, or being a business person or, or being a famous singer, whatever you wanted to do, There's nothing greater in the world than seeing somebody get saved. There's nothing greater than looking across your church congregation and going, I told them about Jesus. I brought that person in. I'm going to get some more. It's addicting. It's better than a crowd of people. It's better than any championship. It's better than anything. He says, I'm less than all the saints. This grace was given, watch this, that I should preach Among the Gentiles, and this is the key word, the unsearchable riches of Christ. When was the last time you stopped and thought about how amazing it is to be a child of God? To be called by God and the King, Jesus Christ Himself. Amen? It's an amazing thing. We should take it more serious. We should remember that people aren't just watching us on Sunday when they're really watching us is on Tuesday. And Thursday... They're watching how we react to things. They're watching how we react to problems. They're watching how we react to situations. They're looking to see if our if our faith is real, if it's genuine, and it is if we know Jesus and we've accepted the Son as our Lord and Savior and we want to do everything we can to live for Him because His riches are unsearchable. They're unexplainable. They're unfathomable. When we get to heaven, we're going to look back and say, I can't believe how amazing this is, but we've got to get that revelation on this side of heaven so we can get more people to heaven with us yes we're living in dark days yes the perilous times yes this is a horrible situation but the Bible tells me where sin abounds grace abounds all the more and the darker this world is the more the light of Jesus Christ will shine in us how many want your light to shine this morning Jesus said don't hide your light under a bushel let it shine Let it shine. As I close this morning, I want to give you one more verse that explains what it means, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Jesus said a parable in Matthew 13. This is the problem sometimes is we don't really, I don't think, understand how real God is, how amazing it is that He's chosen us, how much we don't deserve it, yet He still loves us, and he explains it in this parable. He says "There's a king, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it, watch this, he goes and sells and we'll just stay on this verse for just a second all that he has and buys that field. You need to ask yourself. You can't answer that question for me. I can't answer it for you. Are you sold out to Jesus? Have you sold? When I, this isn't a material thing. It's a sold out thing. It's a, Jesus is number one thing. He's in every conversation. He's in every decision I make. He's in my thoughts. I, again, church, a good, a good way to figure out where you're at is, is, is if you only think about Jesus on Sundays. You're not in love with Jesus. It says in him we live and move and have our being. He's so real to you, so in you, so you're so in love with him that if he was taken out, you would die. He's your oxygen. He's your breath. He's your life. He's your purpose. He's your reason for living. That's the kind of sell. He says you found something so amazing that you'll go sell everything you have for this one thing that you won't lose it. That's what he's saying here. How many people today in church take Jesus that seriously? Amen. Then he goes on to say in the next verse, musicians, you can begin to come. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price. Listen to this. You are the pearl of great price. One soul. Do you believe that you're worth all of Jesus' blood? Just you. Do you understand that if Jesus had to come back today just to die for you, he would? For one person? He died for all of humanity, but he died personally. You know, the Bible says he knows your name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows the days are numbered of your life. He knows everything about you. And you are the pearl of great price that he died for. And I am the pearl of great price that he died for. And he is my pearl of great price that I want to live for. He says he went and bought, sorry, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I want to finish with the story this morning because this is all about, from the very beginning, receiving Jesus or rejecting Jesus. Our job is not to change people. Our job is to give people Jesus. The Holy Spirit works on them, and they make a choice. But I want to end with a story that is one of my all-time favorites, and if you've been in this church very long, you've definitely heard it. But there's many people who haven't. There was a wealthy man, and I just kind of want you to, Focus on this story and listen to put yourself in this position. A wealthy man and his loved son, his only son, collected rare works of art. They had everything in their collection from Picasso to Raphael. They would often sit around the fire in their big mansion and look at and admire and talk about the different works of art that they had. One day the son was called to war. Very courageously, he went, left his father, and went to the battlefield and died while he was saving another soldier. The father was notified, and you can imagine the grief for his only son. About a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock at his door, and a young man stood there with a large package in his hands. He said, Sir, you don't know me, but I'm the soldier for whom your son gave his life. The day that, I, that he saved my life, he saved many lives. And he was actually carrying me to safety when a bullet struck him in the heart and he died instantly. He often talked about you and your love of art. So the young man held out a package. He said, I know this isn't much. I'm not a great artist. But I think your son would have wanted you to have this. The father opens the package and it's a portrait of his son. Painted by the young man, the father stared in awe at the picture of the soldier as the man had captured the personality of his son in the painting. The father was so drawn to his eyes that his own eyes began to well up with tears. He thanked the young man and said, I'm a very wealthy man. How much can I pay you for this picture? Oh no, sir, I could never repay you for what your son did for me. This is a gift. The father took the portrait and very proudly hung it over the mantle of his fireplace, right in the middle of all the other priceless paintings. Every time visitors would come to see those paintings, he would first take them right over to his son and say, look, here's my son. A few months later, the man died, and there was to be a great auction of all his paintings. Influential people gathered from all over the world, excited over seeing the great paintings and having an opportunity to purchase one for their collection. There was Van Gogh's, Da Vinci's, Michelangelo, Rembrandt, Picasso. But on the platform at the auction was just the picture of the man's son. The auctioneer pounded the gavel. He said, we'll start the bidding with the picture of the son. Who will bid for this picture? There was silence. Silence. Then a voice in the back of the room shouted, We don't want that picture. We didn't come for that picture. We want to see the famous paintings. Skip that one. But the auctioneer persisted. Will someone bid for this painting? Who will start the bidding at $100? $200? Another voice shouted angrily, We didn't come to see this painting. We came to see the Van Goghs and the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. But the auctioneer still continued, "The sun, who will take the picture of the sun?" Finally, a voice came from the back of the room, and it was the longtime gardener of the man. He said, "I only have 10 dollars for this painting. I don't have very much money, but I love the sun. I'll pay 10 dollars for this painting." The auctioneer said, "We have 10 dollars. Who will give 20? Who will give 20?" He said, And they said, "Let, let him have it for 10." We want to see the real masters. But the auctioneer continued, $10 the bid. Won't someone bid $20? And the crowd became angry. And they shouted, we don't want the picture of the sun. We want the worthy investments for our collections. And finally the auctioneer pounded the gavel and said, going once, going twice, sold for $10. A man sitting on the second row said, finally, let's get on with the auction. Let's get on with the real ones. And the man put it, the auctioneer put his gavel down and said, "I'm sorry, the auction is over." They said, "What about the paintings?" He said, "I'm sorry. When I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal that stipulation until this time. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever bought the painting would inherit the entire estate, including the paintings." The owner said, whoever takes the picture of my son gets everything. That's the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. When we believe in the son, when we take the son that Jesus that God gave us, we get everything. I has not seen Ear has not heard, neither has it even entered into the thoughts of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. How many received the Son this morning? How many are thankful you've received the Son this morning? Amen. And our mission is to get that Son out there to this world. Jesus came, and he's just like that old, that meaningless painting to so many people. The Bible says, for the cross is foolishness for those who don't believe in our perishing. Lord, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that you found me, that you presented your son to me, and I received him, and I believed on him. God, where would I be today if I would not have received? Lord, I know where I'd be, but I don't want to think about it. Because I know today that you have saved me by your grace. And you have called me and you've called every person in this place this morning. And every person watching online to get a revelation of who the Son is. And when I love the Son, when I love the Son, when I love your Son, God, I'm your favorite child. I have your heart. I have your endearment. All God wants as the Father this morning is for his creation to love, receive, and worship His Son. Today, all over this place, maybe you're here, and you don't know Jesus. You have not received the Son. The Bible says there's no other way to get into heaven but receiving the Son. And when you receive the Son, you get everything. How many all over this place, from front to back and side to side, watching online, listening on the podcast, today you don't know the Son. You have not received Him. But today the Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart and He's saying, let me in. And you want to do that today, just put your hand up all over this place and say, that's me. I have not received the Son. Today is the day of my salvation. Today is the day I put my faith in Jesus. Maybe at some point you received the sun, but today you're not living a life that glorifies the sun. You're not letting your light shine. My challenge to you today is the mission has not changed. So many churches many times try to get this new, fresh revelation from God, and the mission has not changed. Go and preach the gospel. Teaching them what I've taught you baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go. Tell somebody about Jesus. As we stand this morning all across this place, I'm challenging you through God today to make Jesus known. We will, as I preached a few weeks ago, we will stand before God to give an account for what we did with that great pearl. It's not to. Hide. What did he say with the talents? You don't go hide it in the ground. You have to multiply it. You have to get somebody saved. You've got to multiply yourself. If you're doing that, if you're passing out tracts and you're witnessing and you're sharing your faith and nobody's come in, just keep doing it. But if you haven't been, you've got to start. You've got to be able to look around this place and say, "I got one in at least." And until you do, don't be satisfied. In other words, don't be satisfied with just yourself being saved. Have a heart for God that wants others to be saved, that wants others to know Jesus. He'll use you if you'll make yourself available. Amen? If you, if, but, but, if, but today, if you don't really, really, really believe, it's, nothing's going to happen. So maybe you need to rededicate. Maybe you need to fall in love with Jesus again. Maybe you need to stop and think of that story again and say, have I rejected the son? Do I really understand how precious Jesus is to God? Does that make sense when I tell you that when I receive Jesus, I'm his favorite child? God loves his son. And when we love his son, he loves us. You see that all throughout the scriptures. As we open up the altars today, let's take some time to let this message sink in. For those that are guests or visiting, the altar is not a place of sin or or discouragement. It's a place of reflection. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of dedication and consecration. Find a place to pray today. As we begin to sing, ask God, Lord, would you use me? We're not going to sing this song, but there's an old song that says, if you can use anything you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Take my heart, Lord. Speak through me. If you can use anything, you can use me. All God is looking for is a willing vessel. Somebody who says, Lord, give me the opportunity, and I'll open my mouth. I'll speak your name What do you say what Jesus has done for you? If Jesus hasn't done anything for you, you're not going to talk about him. You know what you're going to talk about? What you're passionate about. I love sports. I watch sports. But I don't talk about sports more than than I do God. And many times I use sports as a a bridge to be able to reach people. You know that that's what I've done in this church. That's how people in this church have come in through. My witness is through the basketball court. Whatever your gift is, use that to tell people about Jesus. Every one of us have a platform. You can reach people I can't reach. I can reach people you can't reach. But there's people out there right now waiting for someone to tell them about Jesus. Amen? How many accept the mission this morning? We've got a mission. And that mission's not going to stop until Jesus comes back. We've got to, what we say, plunder hell and populate heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's sing this morning. Let's just talk to God. Just open your voice open your mouth. Lift your voice. Talk to God. Just pray in your own words. Father, give me boldness this morning. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me open doors. Put people in my path this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwoTexas.com.